a chancy job, and it makes a man watchful and a little lonely. Come on in for an evening of poems and stories about the American West. A land of legend, of romance, of friendship and courage. A motherload of remembrance. A true showcase of the Old West with the old cowboy, J.C. Holsey. How many movies, how many TV shows and books have you heard the name Jesse James? I imagine, like me, you've heard it more times than you can count. I thought today we'd take a quick look at Jesse James. His early life. Jesse Woodson James was born in Clay County, Missouri, USA, on September the 5th, 1847. He had an older brother, Alexander Franklin James, called Frank, and a younger sister, Susan Lavinia James. His father, Robert S. James, was a farmer and a Baptist minister in Kentucky. His mother was Zerelda Elizabeth Cole from Woodford County, Kentucky. The Civil War Years The American Civil War, from 1861 to 1865, was to determine the survival of the Union or independence for the Confederacy of the South. The James brothers were both in the Confederate guerrillas called the Bushwhackers in 1863, when Jesse was only 16 years of age, under Bloody Bill Anderson's group. This group was accused of participating in atrocities against Union soldiers, including a massacre in which the Bushwhackers killed or wounded some 22 unarmed Union troops. It was during this time that Jesse James learned the horse and pistol skills that would make him a legend. After the war, starting in 1868 at the Liberty Bank, Missouri, Jesse and Frank James began robbing banks, stagecoaches, and trains, and by 1868 became part of the James Younger gang with Cole and Jim Younger. An 1869 robbery marked the emergence of Jesse James as the most famous of the former guerrillas and the first time he was publicly labeled an outlaw. The Missouri governor set a reward for his capture. The gang dissolved in 1876 after the capture of the Younger Brothers during an attempted robbery of the Northfield First National Bank. Three years later, Jesse James organized a new gang that robbed banks, trains, and stagecoaches in Missouri, Kentucky, Iowa, Texas, Arkansas, Kansas, and West Virginia. His death. He was shot in the back of the head on April the 3rd, 1882, by one of his own gang members who wanted to collect the reward money. Wasn't quite the glamorous life that's portrayed in the movies, was it? Now let's listen to some music. This is Alexandria K singing Better Than Goodbye. Fall in love all over when you begin to my eyes. 
nothing that I want And we both know that I won't leave without a fight So for a moment wrap me in your arms and tell me one more lie Thanks so much, Alexandria. I enjoyed it. You know, I can't tell you how proud it makes me that these singers allow us to play their music on the Wild West Showdown. How about you? Are you a singer? Wouldn't you like to have your music played on the show? Are you poets? How about letting us read your poetry on the show? Or better yet, you read it yourself. How do I do that, you're asking? Well, it's probably one of the easiest things that you'll ever have to do. Just send an email to jc at outlawspublishing.com or jc at the old cowboy. Net. Let us know what your talent is, and we'll do our dead-level best to get it on the show. Again, that's JC at OutlawsPublishing.com or JC at TheOldCowboy.net. Now let's visit with our guest. We want to welcome to the Wild West Showdown today the cowboy poet Peter Conway, better known as P.W. Welcome, Mr. Conway. Well, thank you very much, Jason. Proud to be here. You want to tell us a little bit about yourself, where you were born, where you grew up, and where you're living now? I was born in Los Angeles, California, but don't hold that against me. Okay. I've been here all my life. I've actually lived in L.A. all my life. Uh, right now, we for the last 25 years, we've lived out here in Simi Valley, which is in Ventura County, a little north of L.A., but it's all rangeland and country. I'm about just not quite a mile from the Ronald Reagan Library. So it's it's pretty country out here. How much land do you have? I don't have any land. I mean, I own a home, of course, but sure. I keep my horse up on my buddy's cattle ranch. Okay. He's about 20 minutes from me, and he's got about 2,000 acres up there. Do you just have one horse? How many horses do you have? Uh, I, right at the moment, I have one. That's about all I can handle uh, anymore. Okay. I've had several over the years, but the last one before this, I had her for about 12 years along with another one, but... It was just too much, so I gave that one to a friend of mine, and she took him, and then I, I kept the, the mare, and I had her for about 12 years. And this last one here, I picked up about three weeks after I had to put the mare down, and uh, I've had him now for about three years. 
Okay. Do you do a lot of writing? Not as much as I'd like. I actually work full-time, so it's Oh, is that right? Hard. What kind of work do you do? I am a chaplain and a family counselor, oh. and I work in hospice. I work for a large and well-known hospice company. I don't but, think I could handle that kind of a job. A lot of people say that. You know, mm -hmm. whenever I tell them, they just, oh, gosh, you know, that's, that's really something. But I'll tell you, in all the years that I've been working, this is by far the most rewarding and best job I've ever had yeah. in my life. It's uh, it, it's really hard to explain unless you've been there. But no, I can I can understand that. Uh, yeah. Any any time you bring comfort to somebody's life, you you're doing the right thing. Right, and and the patients and their families give me a lot more than I could ever give them. Yes, and it's it's amazing. You're married. Do you have children? I've been married forty years. Okay. And I have three children and two grandchildren. Okay. Is, is there any poets in, in this group of kids? Yeah, my youngest son writes poetry, but it's not cowboy, though. Yeah. He leaves that to me, I guess. That's all right. I notice you dress like a cowboy. Do you live the life of a cowboy? I try to. I believe that no matter what we do for a living, that the term, as we use it today, cowboy, is basically how we conduct ourselves and how we conduct our lives. and the integrity that we have towards others. I think that's really what makes a cowboy more than climbing on a horse or wearing boots. Very good description. Very good. How long have you been writing poetry? You know, we write poetry to express ourselves, but I got away from it probably for about 40 years, and I started it up again about, about five or six years ago. I started writing cowboy poetry. That time that you were away from it, did you feel a kind of an emptiness over it? I did. I, I kind of did. I I actually worked on screenplays for about 12 years. I mm. co-wrote some screenplays and I edited. So I've always had what I felt was a creative side. Yeah. I've just had different ways of expressing it over the years. When people ask me how or why I started writing cowboy poetry, my usual answer is because I can't sing. This was kind of the way it happened, really. When I, my other horse, the horse before, the one I had now, Wanda Jean, We'd go out on the trail, and we'd just be out there by ourselves, and I can't sing at all. I mean, I mean, at all. And But I like country music. I'm, I like Western. I like cowboy music. You know, I like all kinds of music. Yeah. So we'd be out there on the trail, and there wouldn't be anybody around for probably 10 miles. And we'd be up there in the hills. I'd start singing to her. Her ears would go flat, and she would stop. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. I mean, that's a true story. She would stop. I, I guess my singing was hurting her. Oh. I just thought, oh, my God, everybody's, everyone's a critic. <laughs> and uh, so I'd stop. We'd take off again, and we'd be right, you know, just walking along, and I'd start singing again, you know, some song, a Chris Ledoux or something. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, boy, her ears would go back, and she, she'd stop. So finally I figured out that if I just said the words to the song, if I just said them, she was fine. If I tried to sing them, she wasn't. So that that's – and then eventually it just evolved into me – writing my own poetry mm -hmm. so that's how that kind of came about but but i did i did miss it i i like to write i like to be creative i'm i'm working on a novel a uh, historical fiction novel right now okay did you happen to write a poem about your horse and your singing well no i didn't but i'll tell you what i did write i kind of messed around with it a little bit but when i put her down it wasn't the first poem, cowboy poem i wrote but it was like the second one that i ever wrote and I came home about two hours after I had to put her down, and I wrote this poem about her. It's called Wanda Jean and Me. Hmm. 
that's the first one I ever did in competition, and, and, I, and I won. So. Oh, goodness. That's great. That's a great story. Really Thank is. you. Well, she lives on now, so that's yes, a good thing. Yes, absolutely. So you get your inspiration from just about any place then, don't you? I try. I'm not real prolific. I mean, I don't write poems every day for the moment. I kind of have to feel something. I just can't write every day. Well, there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. It's still a talent that you've got. Do you have a favorite poet? There are so many good ones. I belong to the Western Music Association, and they have a wordsmith chapter, and there are poets from all over the country, and we get together every year, the, the, the whole organization in Albuquerque, and they're all so good. Has there been one special person or, or something that happened in your life that inspired you more than anything else? That's a hard question to answer, yes, really. Yes, I've had so many wonderful people in my life, mm -hmm. and my mother, we were, we were close, and different people, but no, no one particular person inspired me to do a particular thing. Have you published these poems in a book? Yes. The first book I wrote, or the only book I wrote, actually, was a um, poetry book. It came out a couple of years ago. I, I finished it, and it's called Buckaroo Poetry, Cowboy Poems for Young and Old. Mm -hmm. And it has 10 poems in it. We have a little artwork with each one. And at the end of the book is what, something I added called Behind the Poems, which explains what inspired me to write that particular poem. And it's not for every poem in the book, but for about five of them or so. Okay. Where can people find this book? Well, that book is on Amazon and Kindle. Okay, and that's under P.W. or? Yeah, P.W. Conway or Buckaroo Poetry. Okay, great. And we are just about ready to put out our second book. Mm -hmm. uh, we're putting the finishing touches on it now, the artwork and the covers that are done, uh, the front and back cover, and the poems. We're just editing the last couple, few poems. Okay. And it's called Buckaroo Poetry. Welcome to my campfire. Do you have a publisher or are you self-published? I'm self-published, yeah. Do you handle all your marketing yourself? I don't do a lot of marketing, but what, I, what marketing I do, I, I do by myself. Buckaroo Poetry has its own Facebook page okay. and its own web page. And then we're going to do the same with the, with the second book. And when I go to the different venues where I do my poetry, we always bring along copies and, sure. and they're always available for sale. Because if people hear the poetry and they're involved with the poetry, they're you know, at a live performance, and then hopefully that inspires them to buy the book. How many of these venues do you go to? Well, in 2014, we went to about, about 12 or 14, I think it was, where I actually either did an open mic or I was featured or I competed in Fort Worth, Texas. In 2014, my book won the Will Rogers Medallion Award. That's great. That year we were in Tombstone, Genoa, Nevada. Last year, we were up at the Columbia River Gathering up in Washington. But we go all over, and then I do a lot of local venues as well, and, and charities. I do a lot of charity stuff. Mm -hmm. Did you go to the movies as a kid? Oh, yeah. Saturday matinee? You bet. Did it make you want to be a cowboy? I think I always did, yes. Yes. How much reading do uh, you do? I do a lot. <laughs> I don't do as much as I would like, but I do quite a bit. Uh -huh. Do you have a favorite genre, or you like all of them? Well, Western, of course. Western, of <laughs> course, absolutely. <laughs> but uh, to be honest with you, I'm, I'm a history nut, and I don't know near what I should. I have a fairly extensive library on Western history, <laughs> post-Civil War, the Western you know, expansion, uh, basically you know, the history of cowboys. I also have spent many years reading about Celtic history. That's another area of interest that I have. All right.
So I do read some fiction. And, of course, my favorite author is Larry McMurtry. You know, you can't get around that. That's a good one. Do you have a favorite movie? Yeah, I've got a bunch of them. But Lonesome Dove, of course, is right up there on the top. Tombstone is one of my favorites. How about a favorite TV show? I like Gunsmoke and, and Wagon Train. You mentioned earlier you wrote poetry because you couldn't sing. Tell us the difference between a song and poetry. A good voice. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, in my heart, I believe that music is basically just, or a song is just poetry with music added to it. You got it right. That's right. And it's all poetry. Yes. Well, most of it. I, I'm sorry. I, there are certain, certain types of music I don't consider. Well, let's back up on that one. Uh, this stuff that they call rap. <laughs> uh, I had a guy explain that to me. He says, if you can't whistle it or you can't hum it, it ain't music. I don't want to offend anybody, but I don't get it. I mean, maybe it's just my well, age. I don't get it. Well, and, and it's usually the subject matter that bothers me. Oh, yes, I, absolutely. Yes. You said you got a book coming out real soon. You, uh, you have a date on it? I'm hoping to get it done in the next 30 to 60 days. We're real close. Okay. Do you have any advice for somebody that says they want to be an author? You just have to write what's in your heart and just go with it and not really care too much about what anybody else thinks. Write for yourself. There you go. Very good advice. When you published your first book and you held it in your hands and you saw your name as the author, how did that make you feel? That's a hard one to put into words because I'll tell you, it was a real thrill. Yes. Because I actually did it originally. And, and the truth is, that when I did publish it, I published it so I could leave something for the kids and the grandkids so they could have a little piece of my work left. And But when I actually saw it in print and that first time we got that first proof copy in my hands, oh, man, I was like, I was just like a little kid. Yeah. Great feeling, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. What was your favorite treat as a kid, like candy, cake, something like that? Ice cream cake. The ice cream was a kind of a long, round thing, and mm. the ice cream was rolled up in the middle. Dairy Queen still carries that, and I haven't seen that in years. Yeah. Is that your favorite treat still today? No, I think today my favorite treat is lobster. Lobster? <laughs> that's not a treat. That's a... I, <laughs> that's... I, I know. <laughs> You're right. It's... Uh, <laughs> My wife would get little things now and then. Mm-hmm. I guess my favorite treat today would be ice cream. Any flavor? Rocky Road, I guess. Yeah. Rocky Road. Rocky Road. That's a good yeah. one. Okay. Okay, folks can get in touch with you on Facebook. Are you on Twitter? I'm still trying to figure out emails, really. Mm, I understand. But they can get in touch with me on P.W. Conway, Cowboy Points, or they can go to Buckaroo Poetry on Facebook and also my webpage at Buckaroo Poetry. We want to thank you for being a guest on the Wild West Showdown today, and I want to give you a special invitation from the old cowboy to the cowboy poet to come back and visit any time. Well, thank you so much. I'd be happy to do so. All right. We'll talk to you later then, okay? All right. Thank you. I sure did like the way P.W. explained what a cowboy is, didn't you? And speaking of cowboys, here's a real cowboy singing a real country song. Dennis Ledbetter, I Love You More. When you're not at home. The day that we got married, I thought I'd settle down. I'd love my wife and raise a family. 
couldn't stop my running round. She knew the honeymoon was over when I stayed more gone than home. And lately she's not listening. She's just hanging up the phone. Wasn't that the way a country song's supposed to be sung? Thanks so much, Dennis. How many of you remember a round box of Quaker oats? I do. You know, I still eat oats in the morning sometimes for breakfast, although they're no longer in a round box. In fact, the oats I eat are the kind you put in the microwave. Did you know Quaker Oats was the first major national cereal corporation that had a trademark in 1877? Quaker introduced us to such things as the world's first cereal box with prizes. What seems to be even more noteworthy about the company was their persistent success in creating a powerful brand that lasted well over a century. Quaker Oats began as a group of independently owned and operated mills throughout the Midwest. Many of these millers were of German and Scottish descent, which became the Quaker Company. Harry Parsons Crowell 
one of the founders of the company focused on turning oats from a bulk good into a packaged one, removing worries about contamination and creating a more desirable product by packaging them in a cardboard box, printed with a picture of a Quaker oat man and a recipe. Second and most crucial was the way this novel packaged food product was promoted. Crowell left no avenue unexplored in his quest to sell more oats. The pioneering cereal carried its message of health through a variety of farms, like newspapers, magazines, streetcar signs, billboards, booklets, samples, cooking demonstrations, store displays, and a whole lot more. Within a few years, the Quaker Oats trademark character became familiar nationally. Henry Crowell was one of the strongest forces in the creation of modern advertising. His career, which lasted from 1880 into the 1940s, included many creative campaigns which greatly influenced industry norms as well as consumer eating habits. Kellogg and General Mills eventually pushed Quaker to third place by the mid-20th century. Quaker seemed to be a bit lost in general, investing in products like dog food, industrial chemicals, and Fisher-Price toys during this time. Quaker was rapidly losing their identity by the 1980s. They continued to buy and sell of different brands and entities through the late 1900s. In August of 2001, Quaker was bought by PepsiCo, mainly because Pepsi wanted to add Gatorade to their beverage lineup. This merger created the fourth largest consumer goods company in the world. PepsiCo has now taken over all advertising, and Crowell's vision seems to be a thing of the past. Some would say the heyday of oats is long gone, and it's now an era of sugary beverages and snack foods. However, you can still catch a glimpse of Quaker's advertisement here and there on the Internet. And most of us will not quickly forget the iconic Quaker man who makes his home on a round cardboard container of oats. How about another song? This is Andrea Pearson singing Grow Old With You. If you live to be a hundred, I wanna live to be a hundred minus one day, minus one day. So I'd never have to know being here alone, my heart can never take this life without you, babe.
Thanks so much for that, Andre. I enjoyed it a lot. We want to thank Alexandra Kay, Andrea Pearson, and Dennis Ledbetter for their music today. You know, you can find these folks on Facebook, on YouTube, and other places on the Internet. You need to go check them out. And a special thanks to P.W. Conway, the cowboy poet, for being our guest today. Now listen, if you've never heard any cowboy wisdom, I'd recommend you sit a little closer, because it's all real good stuff. Honesty is absolute. Your word is your bond. A handshake is more binding than any contract. This is the old cowboy J.C. Halsey saying adios and happy trails. Come on back next week to the Wild West Showdown with the old cowboy J.C. Halsey.